Hey listeners, this is Logan Jones with the WNBA Nation bringing you a special interview episode of the pod today. Our guest is WNBA alum and first-year Florida State interim head coach Brooke Wyckoff, who was kind enough to join us today on Selection Monday for a chat about her life in basketball and the changes she's seen in both the college and professional games since her career began. She's the first head coach to take an ACC team predicted to place as low as eighth to a top-four finish since the ACC realigned in 2014. She loves the game, and I'm going to stop stalling now so we can get right to it. Enjoy. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collin. What up, guys? This is Essence Carson. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. My name is Brooke Wyckoff, and currently I'm the interim head coach at Florida State just for this year while our regular head coach, uh, Coach Sue Semrao, stepped away um, to you know, be with her mom uh, while she's battling cancer. But uh, I played at Florida State way back in the day, graduated in 2001, um, and then came back to coach as an assistant about 10 years ago. And in between those two stints at Florida State, I was playing professionally and in the WNBA. You mentioned Coach Sue, <laughs> if you're familiar with Florida State. Uh, women's basketball, you you know who that is and that she's been there quite a while. She's won a lot of games. She's done a lot for that program. What What's it like stepping into her shoes in the interim and how's that experience been? Wow. It was, uh, first of all, a huge honor uh, to to be able to step into her shoes just for a moment and, and that she entrusted me with that role. Um, but yeah, it, you know, the, the awesome part about it was that I've been watching coach Sue and mentored by her and coached by her since I was 17 years old. So, uh, you know, now I'm 40. So that's a long time to be, you know, observing somebody and, and really just learning from them to be able to step into the role that they do. Uh, made it a little bit easier for me in that sense. Obviously, the responsibility is huge and I didn't take that lightly at all. But, you know, she is somebody that I just want to emulate in every area of my life. She treats people the right way. Um, she cares, truly, truly cares about the development of our, of our student athletes and, and she's a great basketball coach. So, uh, I just tried to do what she did, um, this year and, and everybody, our players, our staff rallied around me and helped me just uphold the standard that she's set here at Florida State. When you think about your playing days versus coaching now, how how much has the game changed? Not necessarily just on the court, but how is how is playing in college just different for these women now that it was I don't want to say in your day, but <laughs> yeah, well, it was in a very <laughs> short time span. I feel like a lot twenty of years ago. Yeah. I mean two decades ago. Yeah, obviously so much has changed. I, you know, I mean, like you said, it's not only on on the court. I mean that's the players continue to just get more, you know, just better skill, more athletic, just do things um, at a faster pace, a lot younger. So that obviously has changed. But off the court, I mean, technology, first and foremost, has changed all of our lives. And and literally, when I was in college, I didn't have a cell phone till my senior year. I didn't have my own computer. You know, we were still going to the computer lab. Like, so clearly, I mean, I didn't have to deal with any of the pressures that I think come for all of us. But you know, just specifically for, for student athletes in that age group that are in college that, you know, you're on Twitter and, and Instagram and TikTok, whatever, every single day, the pressures that that brings, just the different aspect of life that 
it makes it tough for all of us in certain ways and, and definitely, you know, for them. And so uh, the recruiting game has changed largely because of social media and technology. I mean, there's just so much more access um, to kids these days. There's so much more content out there. There's so much more to be evaluated on, whether it's, you know, pl- just video, seeing people play or how they're acting on social media. You know, these are things that I never had to think about as a, as a college athlete, you know, and, and just who I was to the world was limited because the world couldn't see me, uh, you know, and, and now we can all see each other so many different ways. So, you know, it changes how we coach them. It changes how we relate to each other. Um, but you know, there's a lot of good things that come from it as well. And I'm just, I'm still happy to be just a part of, of college athletics. It's still, you know, as amazing as ever. This being a selection Monday, especially, I, I'm glad we were able to, to sit down with you because this is kind of a, I consider this the most exciting time to be into to college basketball, both men's and women's. This is, this is bracket week. This is, you know, by the end of this week, there's going to be like little work going on in offices across America. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, how's, exactly. how's Florida State feeling about their chances? And could you talk a little bit about the season you've had? Yeah, we are super excited that it's Selection Monday as well. I mean, you know, we our goals every season are to win an ACC championship and to make it to the NCAA tournament. And that's that's really that getting to the NCAA tournament is our program standard. That's what we do. And then from there, you know, we have goals and, and aspirations of a Final Four national championship. But, um, you know, being that this was a COVID year, a year where, I'm the interim head coach. Um, we also had a lot of uh, uh, players that were stepping into brand new roles. We lost three seniors last year that were made up 65% of our scoring. So it was essentially a brand new team in the sense of everyone, almost everyone had a, had a new role, had to take on more responsibilities. So there were a lot of unknowns going into the season. Uh, what our schedule would look like thanks to COVID, uh, how many games we would be able to play and, and how we would be able to grow. We needed to grow so much and to learn so much about ourselves, um, throughout the season and how we would be able to do that and, and win games. So, uh, we're here. We're, we're actually going to be <laughs> in the tournament, which is amazing. And just thinking back to all of those unknowns. So just a, a super exciting time, you know, just to celebrate with this team of what they've accomplished and to just dream about what's possible uh, next couple of weeks in San Antonio. So you stepped into a role where you lost three seniors the, the year prior as your first year coaching, you're a former player. Did that help you, uh, I guess, foster trust with the team and demand some players step up into bigger roles. Like what, what was the secret for, uh, I guess, getting players to step up into starting roles this year? Well, you know, right after the season ended last year, um, it was clear to everybody. I mean, nobody had to be told like what is, you know, coming up, like what the team like was going to be the opportunity, I guess that was there. And so, yeah, we, Coach Sue and I sat down with each player and just said, look, these are the opportunities that you have and, and talk specifically about their role and how it could increase and, and how we needed their role to increase on both ends of the floor. So we had a group of, of ladies that were super excited about that and willing to put in the work, um, to step into those roles and not just taking it for granted. Like, Oh, I'm, you know, great. These people are gone. I'm just going to get to play. Like they put in the work 
to handle that role. Um, and so that was really fun to see just to know that, hey, there's this opportunity and to watch people go go get it. So uh, Florida State picked to finish eighth in the coaches poll in the preseason, ended up finishing fourth in the ACC, um, endured, it says here, 15 schedule changes, a bunch of non-conference <laughs> yes. team cancellations, injuries, <laughs> pretty much everything that can be thrown at a first-year head coach uh, was thrown at you. How was that uh, experience? And do you think that that's going to, uh, are, are the seas going to calm in coming years or, or is COVID just the beginning? <laughs> I don't know. I wish we knew. Man, it'd be nice. I mean, it, it's, it's like any season, any sports, any sports experience. It's like, there's always some adversity. That's why we do it. You know, it, it teaches us. Um, how to handle adversity and, and to come out on the other side, hopefully victorious. You know, I mean, that's the big picture. So throwing COVID in there was, was just another thing to have to handle. Um, but I talk about it all the time with our players and, and just in general is that when we got the NCAA tournament taken from us last year when it was canceled, it became clear very quickly that we couldn't take anything for granted and nobody knew what the heck COVID was going to do to our world, to our you know society, much less our sports arena, you know? Um, and so we, we had a mindset very early on of just being grateful for any opportunity that we had <laughs> to actually like be together as a team, to practice, to have a season, to have a game. Um, we, we were able to learn that, the importance of that gratitude early on. And so that really, for me personally, carried me through as a coach. It's like, you know, I, I can't stress about what's going to happen tomorrow because I don't know, you know, and, and of course I do stress. Um, but just to be able to, to be practicing that gratitude every single day of like, wow, what an opportunity, you know, these girls get to have a season. Um, I'm still here at Florida state getting the coach. Like how awesome is that? No matter what, no matter who we're playing, win or lose, um, it's just a great, a great thing that we are actually doing it. And that's what the COVID cancellations and, and just life in general in 2020 kind of taught us. It's hard to go through, but great lesson to learn. Well, appreciate some insight there into the, the college realm, uh, especially mm -hmm. on, on this very important week for, for college coaches everywhere. You've seen wow. a lot of basketball. You've been around the game for a long, long time. Um, I asked this kind of about college a minute ago, but. How have you noticed the WNBA uh, kind of trajectory change since you were there? What was it like when you first made it? <laughs> well, um, I, I played uh, in the 2001 season was my rookie year, and I was with the Orlando Miracle, which does not does no longer exist. And we moved to Connecticut a few years later. But um, the league was really, really good at that time still. I mean, you had just as you we've had every single year that it's been in existence, just amazing players. And that's what, um, you know, is, is one of the, the things about the WNBA because there's so few spots, there's so few teams, there's so few, you know, roster spots, man, the players are so good. <laughs> and I, I wish there were, there were more opportunities, you know, and so hopefully one day we'll get to that where, there's more teams, there's more roster spots available, but, um, I just remember, you know, coming into the league in awe that I was even given the opportunity to be there and the people that I was practicing against every day, playing against in games, uh, was just an amazing experience. And, um, you know, it's grown since then in terms of 
there's definitely just more and more people, more young people that know about the WNBA and, and, and are interested in it. Um, there's technology that gets the word out about the WNBA podcasts. I mean, we didn't have any of that back in the day. And so, um, it's been really neat to, to watch it grow, uh, over the years. And I'm just excited about the future of it as well. Yeah, us as well. We started the show about three or four years ago. Um, it feels like even in that time, um, just the amount that the league has marketed itself, yeah. um, and just the, the amount of eyeballs on it has grown. It feels like every time it gets an ounce of coverage, it, it aces every test. And so it's just constantly fighting for, for more and more, I guess, conversation in that space. We had, uh, we had orange hoodie mania last year. Yeah. The A players got in on it. Um, that was really fun. What, what's the resistance to, to women being in sports? I, I guess I don't want to open this up to like, like trolling or, or anything. Cause I, I know that exists a lot on social media and that's, mm-hmm. it's really frustrating, but. Why, why is it so like such a struggle to, to express people like, you know, women play basketball, right? Like it's not like a hard (laughs) truth. Yeah. I think it's just, it's ignorance. So many things it's, if you're not exposed to it, uh, you know, if you're not like, it's just exposure and, and um, you know, I think the trolling and the, the negativity about it is, Obviously it's frustrating. I don't think that's a huge percentage of our society, of our, you know, of people. And there's, and just like anything, there's going to be a small percentage of people that have, you know, that are haters and, and want to say stupid stuff. But I think the, the, the bigger picture is that there's just, they had, there's not enough exposure and there's becoming more and more exposure. Like you said, I mean, even in the past three years, we're getting more eyeballs on it. It's becoming, more of, you know, a normal thing for like, for example, the people that I grew up with, we had never seen a professional women's league. Now, you know, the kids, the kids have never lived in a world without the WNBA, um, which is awesome. It's, it's more of a, you know, a stable thing in our culture. Um, what I've found is that, you know, unfortunately that the stigma still exists of like, oh, you know, women's sports, aren't as good as men's. But the second somebody actually takes the time to watch most people, once they become, you know, informed, they like it. It's just giving something a chance. And so it's just like anything in in our, in our society of, you know, if I don't know about something, if I don't, if I have never tasted a certain food, I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't look, you know, or, you know, if I've just grown up thinking like, you know, I don't like green foods, you know, <laughs> it's just like what I've always thought since I was an ignorant little kid and I never try it. I'm not going to ever like it, you know, I'm just going to, uh, gross, you know, and I think that's the thing when we've, a lot of people have grown up just, just thinking like, oh, women don't play sports as well as men. Um, they never try it. And so that's the thing that I just love when I see, um, people I've seen so many times over the years when people like that light bulb turns on about women's sports, about women's basketball, like, man, women's basketball is so good. I'm like, yeah, I know (laughs) you just got to give it a chance. Of course. Yeah. That light bulb turns on. I I feel like between now and the start of the WNBA season, this is kind of the, the season for it. It seems like we always get a bump in listenership. There's always people asking on Twitter, like, never really watched before. What, what team should I be a fan of? Um, Do you you have some connection to Connecticut because of your playing days or or a favorite player in the league now that you follow more closely than the rest? 
Man, I, I do have a connection, just with Connecticut Sun in general, and I'm a huge fan of, of Kurt, Coach Kurt Miller and their staff and what they've been able to do, um, of course. But I, I'm, I am always deeply connected to Coach Tebow uh, because he was he was the, the coach, um, you know, that, that had just a huge impact. All of my coaches did, but he had a huge impact on me in the league, and we had so much success going to two WNBA finals while I was there with the son and, and coaching or when he was coaching. So um, I root for him all the time. I think he's just the best in terms of um, how he does things and, and how, you know, the success that he shows year in and year out. And so, um, but man, I'm a huge fan just, just of all the, the veteran players. I mean, the fact that, you know, Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi are, are still are still doing it. It's, it's unreal. Um, so just have so much respect for what they've done for the game in general, just how they continue to represent, uh, the, the women's basketball on and off the court. And then just watching all the, all the young players, just amazing young players, um, you know, grow through this league. And then of course the person I watch the most the closely is Natasha Howard because she's our seminal. Uh, I co- I had the opportunity to coach her. And man, she has been amazing to watch and just the things she's done and, and the success that the teams she's been on have had. It's been so much fun. So, um, yeah, I love it. I'm super excited for this season coming up as well. Yeah. We, we are also, we're big, uh, we're big Natasha Howard fans on the show. Yeah. That is, that is great. Uh, do you, do you have a, a favorite coach Tebow story? Oh gosh. There's so many. He, you know, the the thing that I remember, there's so many good ones I remember, but the first conversation I had with Coach Tebow on the phone, I'd never met him. I was overseas and, um, you know, we finally found out who our new coach would be. This was the, the, the year in between moving from Orlando to Connecticut. And so he was making the rounds, calling everybody and, and he just said, um, you're going to have more fun playing basketball here than you've had in a long time. I, I guarantee you. And I, you know, like to hear a coach say that, you know, the first thing to say, you're going to have so much fun. I was like, wow. You know, and what that meant was we're going to have fun because we're going to be good. And that's, and that, you know, like it's, and that's what I, I use that, that still to this day with my, with my players, it's like, we all want to enjoy what we're doing. We know that to, to be good and to win games, like it's not fun to go out and like be dead tired. It's not fun to go out and, and when you're not feeling like it or when you get frustrated to, to keep going. But what is fun? Fun is being really, really good on the court. That's when it's fun. And that's like everything that goes into it becomes fun as well because you know how that feels and that's what it was at Connecticut it was like from the moment we got there um it was a championship mentality from the top down it was like we're here to win we're here to be good and you know we're gonna make sure that you guys have everything you need in place to be good and they did and uh, we made it to the eastern conference finals the first season and then the next two seasons were in the WNBA finals and that's a brand new franchise I mean it was crazy, uh, but Coach Tebow really set that tone, and I'll never forget that. That does that influence how you your approach to to the college coaching game now? Uh, in terms of you know, I I know student athletes on campus 
when uh when the doldrums of winter kind of roll around it can get <laughs> it can get yeah. right. it's a job you know it's mm-hmm. people are tired they're burnt out that like the nutrition has to be right like the weight training program <laughs> like there's there's a lot of demands put on these kids is that something you've taken into your own approach absolutely that's another lesson great lesson i learned um you know what being at connecticut was we talked about uh you know, getting home court advantage, getting, I, I think it was probably after our first law, you know, WMA finals loss, we lost to Seattle and, you know, you come back and kind of reevaluate and it's like, man, like that was a lot of work. Like, ugh, you know, it, it stinks that we lost and, and we, we came so close and, and really it's like the conversation is, yeah, we lost. It was a lot of work and now we got to start over again. Like, are you guys willing to do that? And, and talking about what could help us the next season. And one of those things was getting home court advantage, you know, in the playoffs and, and the dog days of summer, like you're talking about the dog days of winter, basically in college athletics, it's like, are you willing to, and in the WNBA, like during those like days in July where we're about halfway through the season, it's kind of like, man, it's playing every other day and lots of travel and it's getting just kind of, you know, we're in the dog days of it. Are you going to battle through knowing that what's in, you know, at stake in the end, can you fight through those dog days? Like say again, make it really fun, as fun as possible at the end. And that's where, yes, dog days of the ACC, like the conference we play in, man, it's hard. Like it's a hard conference. And it's just like Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. Ah, it's like, you guys, don't take any of this lightly. Don't just get through. Cause at the end is when we have a great seed in the tournament, when we get a great seed in the NCAA tournament, like that is when it gets fun. So I let that lesson was huge, which I still, I do. I still use today. So you've, uh, coach, you've been in basketball forever. You've played, you've coached. You also now head up an organization called Moms in Coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about that and, and kind of where that began. Yeah. Well, it, it started about seven years ago when I knew I was about to have a baby and was coaching and was thinking, uh, man, this might be a little tough, like with our schedule and, you know, having to travel so much in this business with recruiting and obviously during the season. So really when I, I began to like my eyes open to how many women in this profession are mothers and coaching. I never, you know, when you don't have kids, you don't really think about it. It's not in your radar. Well, I started to look around and was like, there are so many of us doing this and we all need that support. Like we, we get in our little bubbles, our coaching bubbles, not COVID bubble, but like just in our, you know, our own team, our own program, um, where you don't really know what's going on out in the outside world. You don't, you don't have that interaction with people in your profession. Um, and so as mothers, I think it's so important that we can support each other and kind of look to each other as like, okay, it's been a really hard time with like trying to balance these two things, but I know there's all these other amazing women out there doing it. I can do it too. You know, so that was really how it started is just getting us all together, um, to talk, to see each other, to, to really formalize and, and, you know, put the word out. It was like, Hey, there's a lot of us doing this. Let's keep going. Let's keep going with this and keep women in coaching. Um, cause a lot of times it's hard. Like a lot of people feel like they have to choose between family and work. 
And we want to, well, we want everyone to know, like, no, if you don't want to choose, you don't have to. We're all doing this. We're here together and we're here to support you. Well, one of the things that we, me and my co-hosts talk about all the time is we had this one review of our show, uh, from a middle school basketball player that said, like, basically amounted to this is, you know, I didn't know there was really like a future for me in sports, but like this show kept me playing basketball. And it was wow. probably the highest compliment I feel like we've been able to receive because that's yeah. ultimately the goal of the, of the show is not just to get more eyes on the WNBA, but more, I guess, young women feeling like there's a future and, and really like how much, if you think about how much like the middle school and high school athletics days influences the rest of your life, like we want more people to have that. Could you, I guess, speak to, to that audience a little bit, like the youth and the, the up and comers and, and I guess just encourage them and, and talk about how much it's meant to your life. Yeah. Well, first of all, that's so amazing. That is everything. And, and I just appreciate you guys so much being a part of that movement and men and, you know, men alongside us, just, just helping to grow women's sports because it benefits all of us when we have, when we are able to support these things. And so, yeah, for those young, young girls out there that, um, you know, that want to see a future in sports, I would just say, continue to do it. I mean, it is, it is not just what happens on the court or on the field that is so amazing and so fun and teaches you so much. It's all the doors that it opens up off the court. Um, the things that I was able to do, go to college and have my college, you know, education paid for completely be able to travel the world because I'm playing basketball, see things and live places that I never would have lived um, because I played basketball and meeting people. That's the biggest thing is the people that come into your life um, that be through sports and through basketball are everything. And that's just what opens up, you know, life in general opportunities. Um, and it's just, it's a really, really great thing. Maybe the greatest thing about sports. Oh, man. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Best of luck uh, with, with the rest of the day and the selection show. Um, there's so much more I want to talk to you about. Uh, but <laughs> our half hour is up. I, I want you to be on time. I want Steve to, to like yeah, me so that we can talk to you again. Um, so really, really appreciate you jumping on. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, Logan, thank you. These are awesome questions. It flew by. So thank you so much. It was an honor.